0: The following is a CSPN media podcast presentation. All right, boys and girls. My name is Tobias Wilborn. The name of the marquee is beer. It is. Find us each and every week on the CSPN Network. And it's been a long time. I should not have left you for so long. I've missed you guys so much. Getting back acclimated to my new schedule of coming to Braves for the Mirror Daily Journal. Also adding MLB to my sporting news stuff. And still doing that and adding some TV. So yeah, it's it's been a busy time. But back, we're in the saddle. And I am with a very special guest, Andrew Maxson from Brooklyn, brewery, and he's got an interesting story. We're going to get into it. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great today. I'm uh, a very special person. I'm flattered. Hey. I'm humbled. Hey, man. Well, that's what you should be, and let's get right into the beer, man. Sure. Well, first of all, actually, before we get into the beer, tell me how you ended up with Brooklyn. Tell me your background. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'll try to make make it a short story. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I started out uh, working in distribution in my hometown of Kokomo, Indiana. uh, Kokomo? Middle of nowhere, Indiana. Working at a Budweiser distributorship, uh, cleaning out urinals, washing beer trucks, uh, merchandising, doing all the dirty work that nobody else wanted to do. Nice. And uh, uh, turned that into another distributor job, into another distributor job over the course of, like, 11 years. Um, Grinding.
0: Grinding, yes, that's right. (laughs) I like it, man. That's, That's how this goes, man. I mean, I think a lot of people see like the San Leonis of the world and look at, you know, what these guys are doing or Spike mm-hmm. up at Terrapin, we were talking about him off the show or look mm-hmm. at Nick Knock, you look at these people like, oh man, they're really doing it. But it's literally started for the bottom. Yeah, that was about as, that's about as cleaning up people's Is about as low as you can get, especially at a brewery.
1: I mean, I can imagine it probably. Well, this was it. This was at a Bud distributor. So this was, uh, yeah. So this was this was the very very bottom. Oh, Uh, at a Bud distributor in the middle of nowhere in Indiana, and then um, basically just worked my way up. um, Made friends in on the supplier side of things, and uh, asked my friends at Brooklyn should anything open up ever in the Midwest that they let me know. And a week later, I was basically working for Brooklyn.
0: Wow, that's pretty awesome, man. So I mean, it goes from. Like I said, cleaning the urinals of, of Budweiser pee, which some would say <laughs> the beer is pee. But, you know, we're not going to say that here, but some would say that. So, nonetheless, it's one of those, you from there, working your way up to now. Mm-hmm. You are in the Georgia-Tennessee territory. Mm-hmm. Basically preaching the brand of Brooklyn. Explain how that kind of works and what your daily responsibilities are.
1: Uh, so, the, the name of the game for me is uh, to... well responsibly enhance demand for our product in the states of Georgia and Tennessee, but to work alongside uh, our distributor partners in both Georgia and Tennessee, basically to uh, enhance sales, uh, to sell beer, but to um, work with them as far as distribution, selling smart, finding the right accounts out there building relationships with our wholesaler partners and with our, our, our accounts in the trade uh, and growing the business.
0: All right and then when I came, when I ran into you, it was at a beer dinner. Mm-hmm. at the Taco Mac chapter room. Excuse me, the Georgia chapter room. It's kind of separate from Taco Mac. they got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need any of those guys there, Emily and the crew, coming after me for, you know, mis- <laughs> misrepresenting. Of course. But you guys were there with Anchor, which is very interesting. East Coast, West Coast. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that dinner, man. How'd it come about?
1: So, uh, our our distributor, uh, Georgia Crown, with whom we're very blessed to be working in the state of Georgia, um, brought that to us, basically, um, with the month uh, for a month-long program with uh with taco mac as their brewery of the month which we Mm -hmm. uh we split with anchor uh from san francisco uh so they had two weeks of april we had two weeks of april um back and forth with the
0: nice glasses
1: the whole nine the the whole program which is fantastic program and with that now comes i I believe this is every other month i want to say might be every month might have to fact check this but um taco mac will be doing beer dinners six a year maybe 12 a year, um, but I think this was the first of them, uh, and so, so Brandon came down from Virginia for the dinner, I drove up from Decatur, and uh, oh, nice. know, that, that, that's, that's about it, we brought in a couple of uh, really special one-off beers for the event, um, that otherwise you would never really see in the state of Georgia, and uh, I believe he did the same. Yeah, he brought some pretty cool stuff, it man. Was, well, yeah, he said they had to, they had to FedEx it
0: overnight from yes. San Francisco, that's right. Um, yeah, they're, they're, that's how you know you're doing it big, man. You're getting it straight from San Fran, yeah. coming off the FedEx, man. That, that is mm-hmm. really cool. And i tell you another place where they do it really big. Each and every week. Here on Beer It Is, my name is Nubais Wilborn. Today, I'm with my man, Andrew Maxson. As we're maxing and Relaxing, talking Brooklyn Brewing. This wonderful brewery, man. Um, Give me some background on Brooklyn Brewing. When did it start? When did it kind of come about? And... Sure. Has it been rolling ever since? Uh, so Brooklyn Brewery was founded in
1: 1988 in New York, uh, by a couple guys named Tom Potter and Steve Hindi. Um, uh, Tom, I believe, was an investment banker. Steve, uh, the visionary, uh, was, uh, he was actually a foreign war correspondent for Associated Press. Mm. Uh, so he came from a long history of journalism. Uh, he was, he was working in the Middle East, uh, and <laughs> he, he was living there with his wife and his two kids, and, um... He, uh, his wife eventually just, they were living in Lebanon, I believe, at the time, and uh, a car bomb went off outside of, outside of their hotel. Gotta do it! Where they were staying, yeah, <laughs> and his wife was essentially like, I'm moving back to New York, you can come with me if you want to, and that, that was kind of the, the, kind of the impetus for Steve moving back to the country to, um, get into, uh, one of his hobbies that he had picked up in the Middle East, which was, which was... Homebrew, homebrew yeah. Right. Which he actually picked up while he was living, I believe, in Saudi Arabia. Wow. Um where all all the oil companies in the Middle East have lots and lots and lots of Americans working in in their territories. Of course. And um, you can't buy alcohol there, so... You're making Uh, it. So so the oil companies would actually provide these handouts um, explaining how to make your own your own beer in, wow. in your hotel room essentially uh which is which is how Steve learned about about the brewing uh process
0: <laughs> so it like it's like
1: prohibition. prohibition in like the 20s right exactly. in 30s, yeah. in a hotel room in in Saudi Arabia wow um so he took took what he learned um back to New York uh and he started he started the business with his downstairs neighbor Tom Potter uh late 1987 I believe but for all intents and purposes it was 1988 so we're about to have our 30th anniversary um Still, still making beer in Brooklyn uh, since then, and we uh, let's see, we're about to have our thirtieth anniversary. Um, our oh, we should talk about Garrett also, probably another right. another huge part of our identity right. is um, our brewmaster Garrett Oliver, who's been with us since nineteen ninety four. Legend,
0: legend in the game, Garrett Oliver, legendary.
1: Yeah, right. He mm-hmm. literally wrote the book on on literally on beer, right? <laughs> the Oxford Companion. Um, so he's been he's been really. Kind of the face and the visionary of Brooklyn Brewery since since 1994. Steve's still very very active, very much a part of the brewery. But um, in terms of the beer side, the actual the beers that we have that we drink every day, uh, responsibly, I should mention,
0: are all uh, all Garrett's creations. By the way, we always drink responsibly. Here on Beer It Is, 21 and up, drink responsibly, drink smart. Naturally. There you go. Exactly. Right. Um, so
1: we're now we're the 11th largest fast-forward from 1988, we're now the 11th largest craft brewery in the United
0: States. So what, tell me about the system you guys are brewing on, man. Uh, That's be pretty badass. Pretty big boy. Uh, I actually...
1: I, I don't know the specifics on the brewery, but we, we actually have four breweries now. Uh, okay. As far as uh, the actual capacity, I'd have to I'd have to cross-reference that. I apologize.
0: Well, it's okay. Well, think. listen, I when I come back and we re- re- go through this, I have those numbers for you guys. I make sure it hits the Twitter and all that stuff. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. 11 largest... I mean, you're talking... You're talking bigger than Sweetwater here in Atlanta. You're talking... Huge. I mean, this is basically, this is the Sam Adams of the world. These are the really big breweries to be right there at 11. Mm-hmm. Well, Sam's, Sam definitely still has
1: a speed, I think, about five times over. Right. When you talk about big, those guys are very, It's very big, huge.
0: But, right. Um, and and so by it's the way, salute good. to them for still wanting to be craft. They could have sold out several times over. Mm-hmm. But for them still wanting to remain true and advocate mm-hmm. for a lot of breweries, that, that's pretty big. We We, we certainly
1: try. Yeah, absolutely, and we, t- we take a lot of pride in that fact.
0: And uh, if I'm correct, you guys, how many states are you
1: distributed in? We're in 27 states and 27 countries, so we're actually... Ooh, that's a lot should, of beer going a lot of places. I should mention, that despite the size of, of your Sam Adams and your Sierras, those guys are enormously popular in the United States, huge breweries, but we actually export more more, more craft beer than any other brewery in the United States. Wow. Uh, so 27 countries around the world and growing.
0: And how'd you make those inroads, then? Because that, that, that takes work
1: to get we've actually this is a project we've been working on we we've got a couple uh very brilliant gentlemen at the helm and uh with incredible business savvy who have who've been working on this project for Well over a decade now, um, building relationships abroad. Um, We're distributed, actually, by uh, Carlsberg International in in Western Europe. Wow. um, And throughout the world, actually. Wow, wow. been an incredible partner for us through the years. And we actually, we co-own two breweries uh, with Carlsberg. I should mention, they have no ownership of Brooklyn Brewery. It's it's strictly a a partnership. We we co-own two breweries. um,
0: uh, And that's a big distinction there mm -hmm. between co-owning and then them owning you. But it's still... You guys have the co-ownership over there, but not them over here with you, right? Uh, so we. Uh, well, I should. Okay, so I should. I should backtrack. So,
1: right? They they do not own um, Brooklyn Brewery in uh, any capacity. But we have we have two joint ventures: um, EC Dolls in Trondheim, Norway, mm-hmm. and the new Carnegie Brewery in um, Stockholm, Sweden. I
0: like that name, Carnegie. Nice. Mm-hmm,
1: <laughs> which is actually uh, so Carlsberg. Uh, purchased a while back, the original Carlsberg, or I'm sh- I should say Carnegie Brewery in Sweden, which is one of the older, oldest breweries in the world, right, yeah. makers of Carnegie Porter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is this is the uh, kind of pardon, kind of the new iteration of.
0: Uh, That's a two hour fine for the phone going off, by the <laughs> way. But nonetheless, so let, let's get into this, but that gives It actually gives a good transition. Let's go from there to well. One question: Are there different beers being made over there, and use some of those different beers that we make it back over to the states? That's
1: a great question. So the the beers under the new Carnegie, uh, name are all entirely different, not available yet in the United States. Um, same story with EC Dolls. So those aren't sold under the Brooklyn name or the Carlsberg no. name. They're their own, their own entities. Um, but we have, uh, in the past made, uh, a couple of beers in the United States that we export, um prime example being a beer called uh, Brooklyn American Ale, mm. which is a 4.5% pale ale uh, that we originally made just for the Scandinavian market, which is actually our largest market outside of New York. Nice. And um, That's big time, man. It's huge. Yeah, Scandin- and, so, and so that's a beer where there's a very, very high demand for low-alcohol beers that actually t- taste like something in Scandinavia, where everything... Interesting. Everything... Uh, is taxed by ABV. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a European thing where, mm-hmm. yeah, so if you get something low and it tastes good, mm-hmm. you can crush it when you're not paying 30 bucks a pint or something crazy. Correct. Right. Right, so uh, that's a
1: beer that we've been selling overseas for three or four years uh, and brought it back to the States last year, released it. Um, very, very successful product for us. Um, trying to think of another example.
0: Um, that's all I have right now.
1: I'm, but there there are, There are several
0: more. Well, listen, guys, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause. We may even try a beer. We may even talk about it a little bit. We'll come back, talk some more beer, get some more insight from Andrew Maxon. Stick and stay. Beer it is. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. This is your man, Jeremy, from the Crown and Collars podcast. Just reminding you that you are listening to a CSPN media presentation and to check out Crown and Collars every Wednesday so we can tell you what your aunt does when you're not around. This episode of the Beer It Is podcast is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool T-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. Cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, geek culture, and much more are on sale right now. To help keep our podcast free, you can order from Bust Tees by going to our official website, cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then clicking on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Busted Tees banner, and then you can shop for awesome T-shirts. Busted Tees through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, boys and girls, and we are right back here with Andrew Maxon, and we're Maxson and Relaxing, Chilling and Cooling. Here it is on the CSPN Network. By the way, I want to thank my producer, Classic. I also want to thank Melanie for allowing us to do this show each and every week. And we will be back. We will be here continuing to rock it, doing what we do oh so well. That being said, we just poured up a couple samples. I I wish you could have heard, hear the pouring of these beautiful liquids going into these glasses And... We're doing one classic, well two classics, but we'll say a more readily available classic (laughs) and a harder to find classic. So we're gonna start with the Brooklyn Lager. From what I understand, that is the number one seller that you guys have, I call it. I always prefer to beers either like a Sweetwater 420 or the Sam Adams Boston Lager. This is your keep the lights on beer, correct? That is correct, that's right. Right. So Brooklyn Lager is a, uh,
1: as you say, our our flagship, if you will. This is, um, uh, and always has been our flagship as a brewery. This is the first brew, uh, first beer that we ever brewed in 1988. Um, still majority of production for us. Um, but uh, this is uh, this is a nod to the style of beer that was actually being brewed in New York prior to Prohibition, mm. uh, when when lager meant something slightly different. So, right,
0: right, right. Because everybody craps on lager
1: now, but I, I, right. it's my favorite style.
0: I like a lager, especially. Look, down here in the side, I think it's hot, man. Exactly. And a good lager. So tell me about the ABV on this beer. Tell me about the color. Let's, let's walk through it, man. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. So it's this gorgeous amber color if you hold it up
1: to the light. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful, radiant. Um, perfectly effervescent. Dry hopped as well, I should mention. So it has a really nice, beautiful nose on it. But 5.2% alcohol, so it's...
0: It, we call it that sessionable.
1: Uh, yeah, you could say okay. sessionable. What we call the rule of threes or the rule of fours, whereas we try to make beers that are just honest, true to style, balanced... Really drinkable um, beers that if if you can't drink three of or you don't want to drink three of then we're doing something wrong.
0: Oh, interesting! So, I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. so a rule of three. That's for three. It's for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like exactly. it. All right, cool. So not necessarily that you have to drink three
1: beers all the time, but that if that you, you know, want to and you could. Right. So we aren't we aren't trying to make uh, beers that are going to melt your face off or you know wreck your wreck your palates. We really just want to make beers that are again true to style, honest. Balanced above all else and approachable.
0: Right. So I mean, and this may not be a beer for the nerds, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you guys are missing out because again, you gotta have a go-to, right? I hope that I hope that
1: what we strive for with Broken Lager is a beer uh, that not only can is, is it is a a beer that that could be used as an entry point into the craft segment, cool. but also still uh, still uh, interesting enough for what is this guy doing? Um, sorry. Uh, Infinity is about to crash, I mean? Uh, <laughs> or a Nissan. Um, but a, a beer that uh, is still interesting enough for the nerds that uh, it can still be, you know, an entry beer for, uh, you know, your, your normal... Should say American adjunct lager drinker could Correct. very easily step into the craft. Right, you can come
0: off well. a Corona or a Heineken or whatever have you that's made like with the rices or whatever, mm-hmm. and you could go into a Brooklyn Lager. And you'd be like, oh well, this actually tastes like mm-hmm. something, and it's good. And
1: malted barley, hops, water, and yeast. No
0: adjuncts whatsoever. Just a very, very clean, clean and simple, clean, consistent, honest beer. Right. I, I think that's important. I think it's important for beer to be like you said, honest and consistent. And I'll tell you another place you look for honesty and consistency each and every week here on Beer It. Is. My name is Tobias Woborn. I am here with Andrew Maxson. we from Maxson and Relaxing talking about Brooklyn Brewing. Summer 88 is when they got started. And now they're still rocking. Getting ready to celebrate 30 years of brewing. Craft, old school style. 11th largest brewery, craft brewery in the country. So man, shout out to them for doing it. And shout out to Andrew for holding down at Georgia and Tennessee. For this fine brand. So, all right, we talked about an entry level. Well, I won't say entry level, but entry point, you know, I call it go-to. I call it one. I like that. Go-to. Yeah, it. that's me. I I have certain go-tos. And the Brooklyn Lager definitely one that I can, you can find it a lot of places. You can get it pretty easy. You don't have to go stand in line for it. No complications. It drinks good, particularly on a hot day. I like it. I love it. Now, we go from there. Into a not so easy to get beer. A little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. The Black Ops. Black Ops, right? And so I, I was talking
1: about Garrett earlier. This is this is this is one of his babies. Um, this beer begins its life as a, as a Russian Imperial Stout. Um, absolutely, as as opposed to the to the radiant amber of the Broken Lager. If you hold the Black Ops up to the light, you can see it's absolutely just dark as dark, opaque, midnight. Um, but. Uh, uh, Still got very, very nice kind of radiance to it, but just dark. Very, very dark and opaque. Um, hold it up to your nose, and you get a nice bourbon nose on it. It's um, uh, aged, in, aged in bourbon barrels. I won't say what brand necessarily on the air, but it you is. You can't say. I cannot. I sh- I sh- well, I probably. I don't know. I don't know if I can, but I'm not I'm not going to. Okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but let's but just say it's bur- good bourbon. It is good bourbon. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um so aged aged for months in um, bourbon barrels, and then finished in the bottle of method champagne Law with champagne, yeast. so it has a nice kind of effervescence going on. the champagne um, sets it off man. Mm-hmm. beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and then if you take a sip, you realize this is this is an eleven and a half percent beer um, but it still has a very very drinkable body it's it drinks to me more like a six maybe seven percent beer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which I think is one of one of garrett's greatest talents uh is is being able to I don't want to say berry, but you know, turn down the heat on a beer that Right, and sometimes booze. it
0: gets really hot and it's boozy, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's a little too
1: much, at mm-hmm. least for me Right, and so what, what we have here, again, is a very, very balanced um, just even keel 11.5% Russian Imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels
0: Nice, mm-hmm. and how much of this beer gets made a year? Can you tell me that? Uh, I'm actually uncertain
1: as far as, as, far as how many barrels of this beer, but I will say that it is more scarce than anything else that we produce. So
0: This one an doesn't nice make store shelves, right, for the most part? It does, it does. A we, we, yeah,
1: uh. yeah we, get a, we get a taste of it in Georgia and in, and in Tennessee. Uh, usually in November uh, into December, you'll see it on the shelves in, in your uh, Crafts savvy
0: package stores. Right, right. I mean, but these are like the, these are the higher-end craft stores. I mean, they're not I mean, you're not going into Walmart and find this beer. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> right, right, right. This yeah. is definitely maybe your greens, your ale yes of the world. Total wine. Total wine. And they're not getting a lot of them. Right. Just a, just a taste. Mm-hmm. Right. Just a little bit of it. So keep keep an eye out for it. So th- it does it make center. it to all 27 of the states that you're in? I believe it does. Oh, well, wow. Okay. So it's a it's a higher level seasonal, but people can get it. Correct. Yeah. And that's in a cork and caged uh, 750. Which, you know. Oh, $7.50. That's a, that's, a that's a big board. It's mm-hmm. a big bottle. Okay, so this brings about... And about, about how much does that run, depending on where you're at? I, I would say you see, you'll you see it in the market, usually around 30 bucks. Yeah, I get For $7.50, that's definitely shareable. That's something you take to a nice bottle share. Mm-hmm. Something you pack up with a friend, sit back, and enjoy it. So, that brings about an interesting question. Do you think sometimes that, as beer drinkers, some people become too worried about the fact that you... Can buy it, I th-
1: just like anything else. You know, cars, sneakers, um, clothing, any consumable good. I think scarcity kind of affects people's perception on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe so. I it, you know who am I to judge? I, I'm sure we, we're all guilty of this in one way or another, right. But, um, probably to some degree, I would say so. Yes. What do you What do you think?
0: Well, yeah, I, I think so. I think I think sometimes we get to a point where and look, I, I'm not going to name name certain beers for this particular. Elephant, because I don't want to get you in any any such trouble, but yeah, I think sometimes we look at a beer and because it's hard to get it, because there's a bottle limit on it, mm-hmm. that makes it better than. <laughs> right. It tastes better than a beer. Like, for instance, okay, I can say one name here. All right. Like Dragon's Mill. Mm-hmm. You go back and look at Rape Beer from 20, 2003. like top 10 beers in the country. Mm-hmm. You look at Pliny the Elder, Pliny the Younger. Now, those beers are like shelf turds. It, it's just. <laughs> Uh, I that
1: annoys the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, I know that that is that is frustrating. I will say too, you know, when when Dragon's Milk came out, um, that was you know there weren't that many Imperial stouts in the trade. So when right. when Avery Dogfish Head, um, New Holland, these guys were dropping these gigantic big stouts. There it, there really weren't that many right. Uh, weren't that many
0: players. In and, barrel, and barrel aging wasn't a big a, th- a thing as it is now. I remember, right. shoot, f- five six years ago. Um, I'm, I'm a huge Makers Mark fan, ambassador, a couple of my friends are ambassadors. And we also, you know, we brew on our own and everything, right? So we did this Thanksgiving sweet potato stout. hmm And we wanted a barrel agent. And we called Makers and we are like, hey, man, how much would a barrel cost? I can't even say on air how much they charge us. But it was, little, <laughs> it was little to nothing. Yeah. And we were able to get two each. Mm-hmm. And we basically rode up there. We had a we rented a F three fifty, and it was enough room to put them in the back. And we drove up. Um, they felt so bad for charging us. They gave us like special bottles. Get out of here! Yeah, because that was again. It was just they were happy to get rid of them. That's awesome. They were happy to get rid of them. Yeah. And we were basically we were doing them a favor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now they try to get a barrel now. You're on a waiting list. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people have futures in in Cooperage
1: around the country. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a pretty hot item, um, and I, I think they they
0: they pull a pretty good price. I believe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying like it, it was. I'll tell you when we get off here, but yeah, it was little to nothing, and, like, yeah. and they felt bad for even having the charges. That's wonderful. But now it is a whole different ball game. So and we totally deviated there, but from mm-hmm. there, tell me about what's coming next. What people should be looking for from Brooklyn. Okay, cool. So
1: uh, we have we have a beer actually landing in Georgia this week uh, called Cloaking Device, mm. which is uh, which is a Brett finished porter. Um, Ooh, interesting. Okay, uh, finished on French oak red wine barrels, uh-huh. and then again finished in the bottle. I should I finished three times. Um, finished in the bottle method uh, champenois. So I should say fermented with Britannomyces, So it's got a nice kind of barnyard funk in all the best ways. Nice. Um, and then aged on aged on French oak, finished in the bottle with uh, champagne. So again, oh, that sounds the,
0: fancy. Yeah,
1: right. pretty fancy. Six, uh, six and a half percent alcohol. I want to say, um, really something special. So that'll be landing in uh, in Georgia this week. Um, also, keep your eye out for Brooklyn Summer Ale. Which uh, have you had the Summer Ale before? I have not had Summer Ale before. Why don't so, you do that beer? So Summer Ale again. Um, we're looking at five percent alcohol. This is an English Pale Ale, what some people might call uh, the style. Originally, I believe, was taken. Uh, or I should say, not taken, um, appropriated, reinvented from a, a traditional English luncheon ale, mm. which is exactly what it sounds like—a beer that you could drink during the daytime, right? And go uh, back to work and still, be, fun. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. be able to perform your duties. Mm-hmm. Um, but very, very light, very sunny, bright. Unlike a lot of breweries who make some variation of fruit beer, wheat beer, something sweet uh, and soda-like as their summer seasonal. There's no wheat or fruit anywhere near this. Just malted barley, hops, water, and yeast. Nice. Um, Tastes very English, again, very true to style, but it is a porch pounder, if you will. I like a porch pounder. A couple of in the summer, in the sun. It really is a beautiful thing.
0: Awesome. And speaking of beautiful things, you can find those beautiful things each and every week here on Beer It Is. And before we go, tell people where they can find out about the brewery. And if you have your own social media, where they can find you and maybe get in touch with what's going on in Georgia, Tennessee for. Brooklyn Brewery. Awesome. So you can uh, you can follow
1: us at or you, you can find us online at Brooklyn Brewery com. Exactly. It's spelled exactly what it sounds like. And then you can find us on Instagram at Brooklyn Brewery, Facebook at Brooklyn Brewery, Twitter at Brooklyn Brewery. Uh, you can also follow me on on Twitter if you'd like to. That's uh, at Maxophone. Nice. Uh, at at M A X S O P H O N E. Maxophone. Nice. Uh, to find out about the local goings on as far as the brewery goes in Georgia and
0: they okay, do some cool stuff, guys. There's really some fun beer dinners, things, so you want to stick and stay with this gentleman, see what he's got going on, see mm-hmm. what he's doing. He, he may have some really cool beer. I'm here. He can get his hands on some cool stuff, so mm-hmm. keep in touch with this young man. All right, guys. Once again, this has been Dubai School Born for Beer. It is looking forward for the next few weeks. Spring has sprung summer is coming it's gonna be some fun stuff Guys thank you so much for listening We'll be back next class thank you.